in one podcast post game edition. Brett Barons, Andy Olson, and Marley Weirda here breaking down Illinois' 35 21 loss. Guys, things look so good early for Illinois going up 14 0, and then it all comes crashing down. Andy, let's start with first thoughts of what you saw today from you. Well, I mean, they looked really good in the first couple of drives that they had. I mean, you talk about the first possession uh, from Iowa. I mean, you get a sack in there. They go three and out, and then you drive down the field uh, and score a touchdown. And then, you know, the second drive, you're able uh, to put another one up on the board, 14 nothing early, coming off back-to-back -back wins. Uh, I mean, you take out the week off that they had when they were supposed to play Ohio State. You're feeling good, and then you just wonder what happened after that. It wasn't necessarily really obvious what happened. I don't think from my perspective – uh, it was obvious what happened, but 35 unanswered points from Iowa and Illinois is back to kind of where it felt like they were at the beginning of the season. And then you have Northwestern who's coming into the game with, I believe, a clinched uh, Big Ten title berth. So um, clearly there's still a lot to play for the season that over with the bowl game could still come out of this. But a little bit of deflated sales is kind of the feeling that I'm getting after this one. Absolutely. Marley, your first thoughts of what you saw today. For me, I think this was the worst loss of the season. Maybe on the stat sheet, Wisconsin would have been worse. But for me, I'm looking at this like, okay, they had so much going for these last two games of the season. These last two, Iowa and Northwestern, had the potential to turn this program around. And it's not like it was a complete blowout where, you know, maybe <laughs> not till the second half, but uh, Iowa didn't come into this game and, and get the start that Illinois had. They were 14 they were up 14-0, and uh, to me, they had it. They had this win in their pocket, and they just let it go, and I think that is more disappointing than if Iowa would have won, let's say, 35-0. Uh, to zero. So, in my opinion, worst loss so far. Yeah, I think that's up for debate on what that might look like in terms of, you know, you, you lose to Wisconsin and you get blown out there. I think the Purdue game was really disappointing that Illinois wasn't able to win that one. In Minnesota, they, they just came in here and punked you, putting up 40-plus points, but because of the circumstance today and because you're up 14 nothing, I think this one really does sting for Illinois because of what it could have been. This is a program that Illinois has not beaten since 2008. It's been a long time since Illinois has even competed with Iowa. Really, you look at last year's game, it was 19-10 in Iowa City, and Illinois had a chance to win that one if it wouldn't have been for three Brandon Peters turnovers. And then 63 nothing just a couple of years ago, you can say that there's progress from that, but it all fell apart today for Illinois, and I think that's the disappointing part for so many, including the team. And guys, I'll be honest, I thought Chase Brown was really, really good after the game, just being very honest in what he thought he saw. And I don't know, I asked Lovey Smith if he could pinpoint where it all turned. Chase and Doug Kramer, you'll hear from uh, both of those guys coming up here in just a minute, they really struggled to pinpoint where it turned. But I know when I look back at this, uh, Iowa, with about six minutes left in the second quarter, had a fourth and three from the, from the Illinois 33. They decide to go for it. They score on the next play. And for me, the tide really started to turn after that, where Illinois was, quote-unquote, playing catch-up in the momentum game. Yes, they held Iowa to a couple more field goals to get it 14-13 at the half. And you're still thinking of Illini Nation, hey, we're only down one at half to Iowa. But then when they don't have success, they go a punt on the first drive. Iowa comes down and puts a big drive together on their first second half drive, scores off of that. You really just felt that start to turn. And for me, it was pretty much over by that point once Iowa put that big drive together 
in the second half to start. Andy, what do you think of where you thought the momentum really started to turn? It's funny that you, when you brought up it initially, my mind went to that fourth down play like immediately as well. But I think the point where I started getting, I guess, worried was you mentioned it. Uh, they get the ball back to get the second half and they were up one 14, 13 going into halftime. And we, I've talked about before on this podcast about, you know, how early on in the season that you could see that there were struggles in um, adapting their game plan for the second half. And that's shown by the lack of third quarter points. They didn't score any points in the third quarter today either, which means that they weren't able to figure out Iowa after the momentum started going their way. And I think that that first drive in the second half where Illinois got the ball because Iowa won the coin toss, chose to receive and went third, third, three and out, you know, to begin the game, you know that you, when you give up those points to end the half like they did to the Hawkeyes, I think it was super important to get out and have a really good drive, put some points on the board to start the second half. And when they didn't do that, and then Iowa gets the ball back and then drives down the field and scores again, you know, now, now you're actually behind. You were behind in the momentum factor. Now you're actually behind in the scoreboard. And that's when things that you just felt like they couldn't get anything to go right. And I think Lovey Smith had mentioned that Brandon Peters was seven eight for eight to start the game. And then when the passing game just stopped working, I don't know what it was that made it stop working. When that stopped, it seems like the offense stopped. And Lovey didn't really have an answer for what adjustments Iowa made afterwards. He was directly asked about that. And he just said, they didn't do anything differently. They just executed better, which tells me that Illinois just stopped executing. Now, I think they probably changed something, and I'm shooting the game, so I don't really have a great idea of, of what that was schematically. You'd have to go back and watch the tape. But, Marley, what was it for you? What was that point where you felt, uh-oh, uh, Illinois is in trouble here? Okay, when was the two-point conversion? I'm trying to look, find it here, and I don't remember when it was. <laughs> Third quarter. Okay. On that touchdown that they had. Yeah. Yeah. That that was it for me. But I I also kind of want to say going in um to halftime when they 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 scored twice um to come within right they scored twice I'm hold on my papers are jumbled here guys I need to get my mind together. <laughs> it was fourteen thirteen. And I'm half, having Mara. a hard time compartmentalizing all of this. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Anyways, when they were down one heading into um halftime um when i was down one that was kind of like illinois maybe they could feel like a little comfortable like okay we're still in the lead but th that was it for me i was like okay they're they're right there and and coming out of half this could be a, a completely different team which um we definitely saw so i think maybe like around the the halftime uh area was it for me where i kind of was like biting my nails like oh okay this 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 could get interesting Right, and you're up one, so you still feel like that, you know, Illinois had a great chance to do what it could do and, and still get some momentum. And, Andy, you mentioned it there. I think it's important, too, that Illinois got the ball to start the second half. I thought, okay, if they can come out and get a sustained drive here and get something going, then maybe they have a chance to, uh, you know, still stay in this game and, and still do something. But when Illinois comes out and uh, they only take – um, two minutes off the clock, essentially. They got the ball uh, and punted it at 12.59. So uh, they were out in five plays, 18 yards. A minute 58 was all that Illinois had there at the first drive of the second half. Then it really kind of expedited after that because Iowa comes down and puts together a nine-play, 70-yard drive in four minutes, 35 seconds. And from the field, guys, it felt like a whole lot longer than four minutes, 35 seconds. Mm -hmm. Iowa doing what Iowa does, and that's ball control 
and running the ball. And overall, they did that really well today. Iowa rushing for the day. Uh, 100 or 204 yards, Illinois just 149 rushing yards, net yards passing 220 for Iowa, Illinois 199. So Illinois loses both sides of that as Iowa puts up 424 yards of total offense. Illinois at 348 and a lot of that 348 was late when Isaiah Williams came in and got the offense going again. But here's Chase Brown, the Illinois running back transfer from West Virginia on where he thought it all kind of went wrong and how they're trying to fight back from it today. We got to maintain energy throughout the game. And when we get on them 14 zip, um, you know, energy's there and maybe we got too comfortable. I mean, um, but obviously when you're up 14 zip, you got to step on their neck and you got to finish them. You got to take them out. We got to finish the game. But as far as, um, you know, let's let's talk offense here. You know, we went three drives, three and out. We didn't put a point on the board, and um, that doesn't help the team at all, right? That's Chase referencing the start of the second half when they had three straight drives and didn't do much with it. And at that point, you felt like Iowa was going to do uh, what they have done over the years in this series so well. Now the seventh straight win between Illinois and Iowa in one that is really used to be a rivalry, I could say. I don't know if you can call this a rivalry anymore. For it to be a rivalry, one team has to win, and so does the other. Uh, but overall, Illinois uh, not feeling very well tonight. I, I will say that. And what was a great opportunity for the Illini to come out and, and beat a ranked opponent that it has not played very well. And I want to get to this too. This is uh, senior center Doug Kramer, one of 33 seniors recognized today. We don't know who's going to come back and, and who will uh, want to play again the NCAA waiver, giving all these guys another chance to come back if they will. So senior day for him and what could be the last game at Memorial Stadium. We don't know week nine yet. And that's important as well. It could be another home game for Illinois, or it could be a road game in that 8-plus-1 schedule they've built in. Uh, but here's Doug talking about the offense as well and what he saw today and trying to just break that momentum that Iowa was building. It's all about, it's all about the fight. Um, you know, in, in any game, something's going to go wrong. Um, you're going to have to make adjustments. And... You know, it's really just about trusting what your coaches are telling you to do, going out there and just continuing to grind. Um, there's no crazy formula for it. It's just, it's literally you just got to put your head down and try to get through it. And, and eventually it's going to crack open. And it's going to flip back the other way. Um, but yeah, didn't, didn't happen. And, you know, the offensive line did not play well enough today. And, you know, we knew, we know it. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing. There's Kramer calling it disappointing. I thought it was interesting, Molly, that Chase Brown said they maybe got a little bit complacent up 14-0. What do you make from those comments? Yeah, and I think a lot of it kind of started with, with Brandon Peters a little bit because he had a very hot start uh, at the beginning of the game. I mean, he completed eight of his eight first passes. And then I just remember that first incompletion that he had, and it was like, okay, there was one completion after another, after another, after another. And then I think just after, because they were so high uh, to start the game, I was almost thinking like, okay, what what did they put in the water bottles today? Like that first... Um, tackle it was a special teams guy uh he just like completely rocked the Iowa player I was like okay you know that really set the tone and they were on such an exponential climb and then as soon as they made a mistake it was kind of like 
okay. And then that's when you saw them just kind of start to panic. And and I think it is just that, you know, getting getting comfortable. 14 nothing is a, a pretty comfortable lead uh, when you're when you're up against Iowa. But I think it's a matter of, of finishing the game and and um, Doug Kramer. I, I don't remember who said this, but they they spoke about, okay, in the games that we've won, we've finished the game to completion. And then the ones that we've lost, you know, we gave up in the third or fourth half. So I think it's just a matter of, of sticking with that momentum that they had in, in the first half and, and the first quarter and taking it throughout the whole game, which we didn't see. And Andy, the turnovers were clean today. None from either team, from what I can see here. No fumbles and no interceptions. And Illinois does not win many games <laughs> when it does not force a turnover. What did you think about the defense? And, and injuries are a part of this because I think we need to give onus to that as well. You know, when you lose Kalon Tolson, when you lose Nate Hobbs, when you lose Jamal Woods, those are three really big pieces for the defense. And I think that's also important to point out that, yeah, okay, I don't know if you want to call it an excuse. It just is what it is. But I thought when Nate Hobbs went out of the game and when Kalon Tolson went out of the game, I really felt the Iowa offense just start to take advantage of that. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, those three guys. I mean, individually, I mean, that's a big part of each level of your defense. You're gonna you're missing those guys. And Lovey doesn't want to put that. He said that, you know, in his, his post-game press conference that, you know, guys need to step up. And there's always the step-up mentality. Um, but you got to give some credence to that, that, you know, that's a big reason why I think Iowa may have felt a little bit better, may have seen things open up. I mean, all of those guys are huge to each section of that that defense. I mean, the line, the backers and the secondary, you know, those individual departments completely change without Woods, Tolson and Hobbs. So. Um, clearly that, that could be a reason why, you know, there wasn't any turnovers, you know, from that defense or any takeaways from the defense. Um, and you know, that's a reason why that Iowa may have gotten that momentum. And when you bring in those backup guys who don't do their job, as Levy said, they didn't do their job. And you know, that is one way that Iowa keeps building that momentum. And, you know, of course it's great when your offense doesn't give any, give the ball away at all. Um, and it's great when your offense is converting on third down, you know, like they they, they were 50% on third down. Iowa was only 33%. Yet Iowa just still found this way. And that probably is because they didn't have as many third down opportunities as Illinois did because uh, they just had the momentum and were just moving the ball down the field without even getting the third down. And I think it's interesting too here, Andy, when you look at the box score and you see that Illinois puts up 107 total offensive yards in the first quarter and they're up seven nothing all things all systems go and then all of a sudden that flips in the second quarter uh, iowa 159 yards illinois only 51 and i want to give credit to illinois there too because they did keep them to two field goals and that's why it didn't blow up in the second quarter i think that's important to point out and it was a good defensive stop from that but once illinois backups were in there at those key positions illinois was already shorthanded today at linebacker you know, and the secondary has been a point of emphasis all year. We thought it was going to be one of the best units on the team. That's what they had told us, and it's really uh, struggled all season long. But, you know, you add up all of these things, and you look up, and, you know, all of a sudden, Illinois is down by two scores, and the game's essentially in hand. All right, a uh, couple other points of interest for me today was Caleb Griffin catching kicks. <laughs> punts, I should say. Punts, rather. And he did a great job. He didn't drop one. He 
Fair caught most of them. He did have uh, one return for four yards on a punt. I was surprised, though, Marty, when I looked there. And is that 11? Wait, yeah. Caleb Griffin's 11. The Danville backup kicker is catching punts for Illinois. What did you think of that? I know. I, th this was, I was, like, looking at the TV, like, <laughs> was, is that him? Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it surprised me, of course. I was like, oh, did they, like, put in the right guy there? But, uh, I mean, he was a multi-sport athlete at Danville, um, obviously uh, and a, a very talented athlete. And I think this whole season has shown us that, you know, players can find their way on the field and in whatever way that they'll be able to to contribute because it's kind of just this next man up in between the COVID and the injuries and all that. And I think for him to, to get a chance on the field, obviously he wasn't kicking, but uh, for him to come in and, and play kind of a big role for, for Illinois today, I think says a lot about him and his character and just what he, he was able to do. Lovey Smith said he was their best option. So why not? Why not throw him in there? Don't lie to us, Marley. There's not a prescription in those glasses. No, they're, they're, fake. <laughs> they're, for, the, they're for blue light, but sometimes for style. Hey, I, I needed good, the prop. Though. I thought it, it was, was fun. I was like, hey. sometimes was you got to have an effect in there. You know, you got to. Oh wait, what what is this? You, you grab for your glasses, even though you don't need them. You might be looking back at that in 30 years when you need glasses. <laughs> laughing. Uh, the other um, thing that stood out to me, Andy, was that Bryce Barnes, the GCMS product, talking about two local guys, he got quite a bit of run at defensive line. And while all of that is great, and Bryce has earned that, he's a really hardworking kid, and, and I'm happy for him that he got that run. I think it also shows, though, in year five where the program is at. And yes, there's been injuries. Yes, COVID has played a part in this. But when your backup punter and kick, or your backup kicker, I should say, is receiving punts, <laughs> I think that shows a little bit of an issue. And when your walk-on sophomore defensive lineman who started as a tight end last year is in the rotation in the second half and the defensive line, I think that also shows just as a program where you're at. And look, all of those things to be said, yes, injuries, COVID, you can go down the line, it's all important. But in my eyes, it all adds up to part of the reason why Illinois is where it's at, and that's two and four now heading into next week's game at Northwestern. And as you mentioned earlier, Andy, the Wildcats did wrap up the Big Ten West today officially. They essentially had it all 99.9%, .9%, but now it becomes <laughs> official today. Where do you think this team goes from here, Andy, as they try and salvage something? A 500 record is still salvageable, but they have to win the next two games starting next week at Northwestern and then that week nine game that's still unknown at this point of who they'll play. And at that point, you hope that you qualify for a bowl. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, don't like the college football way of doing the postseason where, you know, getting to a bowl game is considered a successful year. But I think that kind of is the goal right now. Now you have your rivalry game against Northwestern next week. You can't play spoiler anymore because they have clinched the Big Ten West. Um, but, you know, just getting healthy and getting ready for that, that week nine game, I don't know where you know, the divisions line up right now, who Illinois in, in this scenario would play at this point. I know the Big Ten says that they're going to want to try to avoid those, um, you know, those second time matchups. So probably won't see Rutgers for Illinois in that week nine game. But um, that's really all you can do is just try and win the games in front of you, get to that bowl game, because no matter what, you know, getting to a bowl game, that's going to go down in the record books, you know, as that you qualify for one. I mean, 
same thing goes for last season. I mean, you'll, they'll always be a bowl qualifying team last season. Um, and no matter if this was a COVID season, you know, whatever, you only played conference games, getting to a bowl game, I think still matters. You know, I, I think it still matters to this group, but um, as you kind of go into the, the off season and get into next season, you would love to see more depth in this team. That's what you're kind of pinning at, Brett. I feel like with the, your backup kicker is fielding punts because Lovey says that's the guy they trust most to actually catch the ball, you know, and then, you know, walk-ons, you know, getting, you know, important minutes, you know, as sophomores, you know, you just hope that this team can build more and more and, you know, have those kind of players that can fill in because everyone has injuries, you know, and so that's why I think they're not using that as an excuse, but, you know, there's just not the depth that you would want to see at this point. Andy, let's look at this right now. If the season ended today, Illinois would play Michigan in that mm. week nine game, which I think would be juicy because you'd have Brandon Peters <laughs> going up against the team yeah. that he used to play for. Remember, he did not get to play in the Michigan game last year. Sign me up for Illinois-Michigan at the big house. I think that'd be fantastic uh, for this team and for a bunch of these seniors to end their career at the big house. would be kind of fun. A lot is going to be in flux, though. Illinois is tied for last in the Big Ten West now with Nebraska and Purdue after Nebraska beats Purdue today. So those three teams are two and four. Minnesota does not play this week because of sure. COVID. They're two and three. Wisconsin two and two after a loss today to Indiana. And there's Iowa at five and two and Northwestern at five and one. They're going to play for the Big Ten title, most likely against Ohio State. Uh, just like they did a couple of years ago, and that's probably not going to end very well for the Wildcats. <laughs> but, you know, overall, I think this team just has to try and fight. There's still a chance to finish 500, like we mentioned in the Big Ten. That has not happened since 2010 for Illinois to at least even finish 500 in the Big Ten. There's still a lot to play for, but they're going to have to go up to Evanston next week and try and fight, scratch and claw, and beat a team who was down last year. Remember, Northwestern was terrible last year, but yet came in to Memorial Stadium in the final game of the regular season and took it to the Illini in a 29-10 to game in a loss for Illinois that really the scoreboard doesn't indicate how bad that was. I think it was uh, Northwestern's third-string quarterback who <laughs> took it to Illinois last year. And so, I don't know, Marley, what's your final thoughts here as we wrap up on the 3-1 podcast about you know, where this team goes. Do you have any confidence they can fight back next week and compete in Evanston? Yeah. I was actually talking to Robert Rosenthal about this on our Sunday No Huddle segment, and we were just kind of discussing the, you know, the non-conference games that Illinois would have had at the beginning of the season, probably the three easiest games on the schedule. So let's say they won those three right now. They would be five and four. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's not terrible, but for this program to to have a turnaround and to consider this an improvement from last year, an improvement from years past, they would need to win this game against Northwestern and perhaps the next two, given there is um, a bowl game. I think right now it's really they're going to have to put their, their foot on the gas. And uh, as we know, the past couple years, the games that Illinois was supposed to beat Northwestern they didn't so maybe now the with the scripts flipped a little bit Illinois not supposed to beat Northwestern they'll surprise us and uh, pull the upset next week yeah and that's been the story of Illinois football forever you know they might win a game they're not supposed to but by and large if it's a game where they're you think they might win or they're supposed to win they usually find a way to mess it up and you know <laughs> 
we'll see if, if they can come somehow come and compete. And, you know, whether Lovey Smith's long-term future is in jeopardy, I don't know. I think at this point it's still going to be really tough to move on from him, even though I get a lot of fans' reasoning for wanting that, that, hey, we've seen enough here, that you're 40-plus games in, and, and what have you shown me? You know, 50-plus games in at this point. And where, where is the program at? Where is it heading? And I think that's a big question that I'm not sure we're going to get the answer to anytime soon here. But, you know, I, I know a lot of people have already moved on and checked out from Illinois football. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't know if I can blame them in that sense. So disappointing day for Illinois football, up 14-0 against the 19th-ranked team in the country. And they gave up 35 straight points. All right, Molly, Andy, thank you. We'll do it again next week. We've got a fun Saturday. I hope this pans out next week. <laughs> Illinois is going to be at Northwestern for football. Still no game time on that. And then Illinois basketball playing in the Bragging Rights game in Columbia, Missouri. Remember, they lost that home court advantage due to a coin flip. The epic coin flip. I think a lot of us uh, want Andy Katz to do that again, right, if our Illinois to be playing out of Champaign. <laughs> But yes. it's going to be played in Columbia. No fans at that one. Still don't know a game time for that either. But we will find all of that out this coming week. The football game time will be announced on Monday. Basketball, I would assume, probably on Monday or Tuesday for that. So it's going to be a fun week. It would be a lot more fun if Illinois had found a way to pull out a win today. But that's not the case as they lose 35-21 to Iowa. For Marley and Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for watching and listening. If you're on the podcast, we will do it again next week.